eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Pony Stampede podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffeditz, uh, putting kind of the finishing touches on the bowl game. Um, obviously, SMU's comeback attempt and two-point conversion for the win came up short in the 24-23 to loss to BYU in the New Mexico Bowl in Albuquerque. Um just kind of an interesting game. You know, I feel like uh, both teams were clearly affected by who they didn't have playing. Um, you look at BYU's offense without Jaron Hall, uh, without their backup quarterback for the season who entered with uh, Conover entering the portal. You know, uh, Soljay was able to do a couple things with his feet that got them some good things early. Uh, but, you know, they didn't. He threw the interception early in the third quarter, and they didn't attempt another pass the rest of the way. They had the one touchdown drive, but then that allowed the SMU defense to really key on the run and got two three and outs that were what helped set up the comeback attempt. Um, on SMU side, I think you really saw what Rashid did for this team. Even if he wasn't the one catching the ball, he was the one who was always going to be guarded by the uh, opposing team's top defender. He was going to draw double teams. Um, he was the one that people were worried about, and that kind of got things open for other people. Uh, looked a little bit like the SMU receivers struggled uh, to get open and create their own plays. Um, and I think you also saw uh, that Tanner Mordecai kind of didn't have his uh, safety valve there and didn't have the trust in some of these receivers that he had in Rashid to just kind of get it to a spot and Rashid would make the play on it. Um, I also think you look at not having Jalen Thomas on the offensive line. Uh, you know, they had kind of used the, the six linemen and moved them around and adjusted them. And I think this was a game where you could have seen them kind of do a bit of a rotation. Um, some guys looked like they picked up some dings early and late uh, and really kind of had to play through them until they couldn't. Um, and then you're putting, you know, Cam Irvin in a couple different spots there. Uh, you know, he's a guy, before he came in, uh, I believe it was for Owen Condon the first time, they had to, they had about five, six guys working to pull off the jersey that he had been wearing because they've been putting him in a jersey in the 80s so that he can line up at tight end in some jumbo package stuff that they do. Uh, so they had to pull that off to get him back to his uh, 60s number uh, to get him in the game. So I think that kind of shows you where where he was kind of trying to fill in uh, some gaps there uh, that was, was tough. 
Um, and so I think you, you really saw that. I think you saw, um, a couple teams that wanted to win that were coming off some bowl losses, you know, uh, BYU lost to BYU, BYU lost to UAB, uh, in their bowl game last year. And apparently that had kind of stuck with that group. Um, SMU was a little more vocal about this bowl game meaning a lot to them um, with not playing the last couple years. Uh, the, most of the bowl experience guys on the roster had uh, was the Boca Raton Bowl in 2019, which was not a great experience at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, the, the first half ha- kind of had that ebb and flow. Um, SMU takes the first drive down. Has to settle for a field goal again. Um, kind of a tough third down. I thought the BYU player was across the line when uh, Hickman snapped the ball. The refs didn't see it that way. Didn't throw the flag. Uh, the pass on the the quick snap. Not free play. Goes incomplete. Settle for the field goal. And then really uh, that first drive was... Uh, tough just because you know the first play soul j breaks free um and then you add in the fact that brandon crossley gets flagged for a 15 yard penalty because he tackled uh the running back who they play fake the ball to uh somehow he gets called for a block below the waist uh gives him another 15 yards then you have the very questionable defensive pass interference call uh on third down it would have been a long field goal uh i think their kicker probably makes it at that point. The wind wasn't doing too much. Um, but that's a that's a huge difference being a 3-3 game as opposed to BYU, you know, being able to finish off that drive with the the fourth and one uh, from the inside the one uh, touchdown to go up seven to three. Really big answer, I think, by SMU there. I think that was uh, just such a huge drive for the offense to see themselves move the ball and get in the end zone. Uh, Roderick Daniels uh, Jr. with a really nice play. You know, they just kind of got him the ball in space. He beat a couple guys in uh, space, uh, really juked his first defender, and then just beat a couple guys to the end zone. Give up the field. You know, there's a couple punts. Give up the field goal. SMU punts again. Um you know, 10-10 at halftime, it was a weird feeling because you felt like neither team was necessarily happy with things, but you couldn't really be too disappointed with things. My guess would be is BYU probably felt better at halftime uh, than SMU did just because of their quarterback situation. You know, feeling that, hey, if we're, we're right here in this thing. Um, and then, you know, SMU's defense, you know, that third – that first drive of the third quarter coming out of halftime has really bit this SMU defense a lot. You know, it was what things started, uh, things going sideways at UCF uh, when it was a close game at halftime, and UCF just went bang, bang, bang right down the field uh, on that first drive of the third quarter, and uh, it was kind of over from there. They come out, three and out stop. Deep, uh, offense is moving the ball. Uh, and then the pick six happens. Um, saw some stuff blaming Tanner on that one. Saw some stuff blaming a blocker on that one. I just think it's a really good defensive play. 
I think they probably went to that well one too many times. I think they had shown that play out of that formation a little too much. Uh, and one of the veteran, more veteran BYU defenders uh, who was playing in the game made just an exceptional play on the ball. And then at that point with his momentum, I mean, he was he was not going to be caught. I think the most disappointing thing uh, about that is the offense then goes three and out, and then the defense, I think this was the worst drive by the defense. Nine plays, 82 yards, all running plays. Uh, and there's just, that was a backbreaker uh, to make it a 14-point game. Um, just put it, put them in a bad situation, but you know, to their credit, didn't give up. It felt like when BYU got that touchdown, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, how many more times is SMU going to get the ball with that drive? You're thinking is SMU's defense going to be able to get stops that are necessary, uh, here, but you know, they just come out 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Then a three and out on defense. Um, you know, the next drive is is one where you can can play, you know, couch quarterback and Monday morning quarterback and all of that stuff. Uh, they were in field goal range. There was, what, five minutes left in the game at that point. They could have kicked a field goal to pull within four. Uh, and then obviously everything that happens after the fact uh, is a little bit of a moot point. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I do think in that scenario with everything that's happened, I I don't dislike going for it on fourth down there. Um, you know, obviously, you then take the sack and uh, everything else. But, you know, the defense steps right back up, three and out, gives the ball back to the offense. And, again, just, uh, just a really nice drive. Uh, to give, you know, yourself that chance in that play. You know, I mean, you, I did the math on, on the story earlier, but I mean, that drive goes Tanner, eight yard pass two Levine runs the Austin Upshaw, you know, trick play that he just ends up getting the, the yardage necessary. Then you've got Tanner, five yard pass, Tanner, five yard pass, Tanner, nine yard pass, Tanner, six yard pass, Tanner, four yard pass. Um, a no gain run, Tanner, a 14 yard pass, a 22 yard pass. You then get the only incomplete that he throws on that drive. And then the touchdown pass to Curly. Um, I think that just showed a ton to go nine of 10 on the drive, pick up almost all 88 yards of the drive through the air. Um, you know, that's the one that got Tanner the career touchdown pass record. Um, and then, you know, you you play the waiting game. Uh, looks like SMU is going to go for two. SMU uses a timeout. Come out, BYU timeout, BYU timeout again. Um, we'll get into the two-point play call uh, after the break. Uh, this is Pony Stampede Podcast, and we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky 
co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. We're talking New Mexico Bowl, and now we're talking two-point conversion. Um, you know, it's a tough one because, again, it's it's really easy to say in hindsight you got to do something different there, but I would have liked somebody else in the backfield with Tanner. I just think to have another option whether it's in the play to use, if it's something that can be improvised, or just something else the defense has to give a look to. Um, you know, to consistently to come back out with that same formation where you start bunch and then break out into the four uh, bunch left and the uh, and have a moochie to the top. You know, any kind of mismatch you are going to maybe gain out of that, you lose by them using a couple timeouts and seeing it a couple times. So that's why when you get to them actually running the play, that's why BYU has the four bunch covered well. It's why BYU has uh, both inside and outside cover guy on Moochie up top. It's because they know that's what you're going to go to. They've seen you go to it, and now they can play off of it. All that being said, if Tanner just gets one block, he's walking into the end zone. If you watch the replay, uh, I believe it's Justin Osborne has his guy a yard or two deep in the end zone. Um, You know, you just have, you know, their end is able to get a little inside leverage on Owen Condon. And right as Tanner's about to take that step to the inside and just kind of ease into the end zone, a defender's right there. So not only does it take that away, but Tanner has to bounce it to the outside, which then gives that BYU defender time to get that angle to cut in and stop him a yard short. You know, I know the guys were banged up. You saw that entire drive. Tyler Levine was hobbling uh, back to the line of scrimmage. Um you know, I, I, the offensive line had been banged and beaten uh, throughout the game. It was cold. 
got the altitude that honestly I didn't think looked like it played that big of a you know was that big of an issue but if you're talking end of the game or a possible overtime I think that's where you maybe worry the most um I just would have liked uh for them to have said you know Roderick Daniels Jr. has done a lot of good things with the ball when he's had the ball in his hands in space let's try that or hey Tyler Levine has gutted everything out this entire season. Let's see if he can get us three yards. Shoot, let's see if line up Levine as the fullback. I think there's just so much uh, so much that you can do other than just having Tanner kind of back there by himself. Um, ultimately, it was a play call that, you know, you get one block. We're talking about an SMU win right now. Uh, instead, it's the... You know, second loss of this season, really, uh, that came down to not converting a two-point conversion. You know, look at the end of the the Cincinnati game. That one would have sent it to overtime, uh, and things would have been sorted out there. This one would have been for the win. You come up just short. Um, You know, and I think that's tough. I think this team really wanted it. I think they were in the right mindset for it. Um... Just a, a, enough plays here and there, just they couldn't get to go their way, and that's where they ended up. Um, you know, I, th- I think they missed the top receiver in all of college football, as I believe any team would, uh, but hard to say that he should have played in the game when he's got uh, a big career ahead of him. Um, you know, I think when he comes out after the, the Memphis game saying, I'm going to play in the bowl game, that's his passion and probably what he really wanted to do. And then I'm sure in that next week, week and a half, even before the bowl game was announced, there were probably some conversations of, look, here's your timetable to heal. Here's your timetable before the senior bowl and the combine here's what you've done all year and you kind of take that and then you know I mean who's to say if it's not a quote-unquote better bowl game uh he doesn't play he might you know that might be a decision uh to go out and play um you know I I respect uh Jalen Thomas was there um you know you look up pregame warm-ups offensive line is doing some drills He's standing right next to Coach Justice, uh, giving those guys pointers. Um, at the same time, you know, he's in a sling. He's had surgery. He couldn't play. You know, I don't know if uh, Rasheed not being there was maybe a, a factor of, I don't know if I can be there on the sideline around these guys and not play. And maybe it's just best if I'm not there at all. You know, that's a, that's a hard decision. And that's a decision that not... Uh, too many people are fortunate enough to have, um, you know, I've got, I've got two boys, you know, maybe one day, you know, they'll be blessed enough to be in a situation like that and have to make a decision like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm a little wiser by that point and that there are a lot of people, uh, even smarter than me, uh, around to give good advice, uh, in those scenarios. So I don't think it's, I don't know that it's fair to, to put any of it on, on him certainly for for not being there and not playing uh but i think you 
saw maybe the uh, receiving core get a little bit of a wake-up call. You know, I think uh, it's been brought up that maybe the way Rasheed played against Cincinnati in that game with, uh, you know, Danny Gray and Reggie Roberson uh, out and limited, uh, he kind of was the guy and was held in check by a really good defense. You know, maybe this is the game where, your Jordan Curleys and your Moochie Dixons and your RJ Maryland's, uh, you know, look at it and say, man, if that's what I don't want to feel like that out on the field, like I can't get open or make a play or do something to help my team and that that goes into their offseason work. Um, you know, I think, sure, you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth because it's a loss. Uh, you're going to have a bad taste in your mouth because I'm sure you feel like it should have been a win and certainly could have been a win. Uh, but I do think it's a very different taste in your mouth with this versus being taken to the woodshed by somebody uh, who you don't feel like was a, a better team than you. You know, pretty even matchup, one-point game. Uh, I think you feel like that can still take you in a, in a decently positive way into the off season. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I'm still kind of having a hard time figuring out what exactly to say about this season. Um, I think in a lot of ways, a seven and five regular season, uh, is a lot to be happy about. I also think you can certainly feel disappointed that it was only a seven win season. Um, that there wasn't a better conference finish, whether that's making the championship game or or finishing higher than they did in the standings. You know, I think it's fair to say it's disappointing that out of that Maryland, TCU, UCF stretch that they went 0-3 instead of at, even at least 1-2. Um, obviously, the Tulane game uh, speaks for itself and just the the frustration of, of that whole, not just the outcome, but just that, that whole game. Um, and then obviously not winning a bowl game is tough, but you know, a seven win season with an entirely new staff, um, back to a, you know, bowl eligibility for four straight years, uh, something that hasn't been done at SMU in a long time. Um, I think it's just, I think it's a good first step. I think a lot of us wanted uh, to maybe skip this step of that, you know, kind of base layer foundation step and hope that that was still already established enough and everything else. But at the end of the day, I think it's a good first step. I think it says a lot that they, you know, figured some things out. I think it says a lot that they won three games in November. Um, I think it says a lot that this was definitely the toughest schedule that this team has had in a really long time. Um, between, you know, going to Maryland, obviously, you know, like it or not, TCU's uh, one of the top four teams in the country that's in the playoff. Um, we played the two of them right to the end. Um, I think the conference top to bottom was better. I mean, you look at what Tulane did. Um and kind of battling it out with with Cincinnati and UCF at the top and 
you know, you take the the record-setting game against Houston, and I think there are enough positives to to tilt the scales that way. Um, you know, and as I wrote about, that's that's kind of it on the the free passes that this this team and program is going to get uh, next year. They'll be competing in a much weaker version of the American Athletic Conference. You look at their schedule too; it sets up well. I mean. This team's got to make the conference championship game and in a lot of ways maybe needs to win it. Um, and that needs to be the expectation. That needs to be the new standard. Um, and you know, and you can you can still do whatever you want as far as complain about the administration and say they need to do more, but also the team needs to do more. And sorry, at the end of the day, the three teams from this conference that got invited to the Big 12 have all won a conference championship game. SMU hasn't even played for a conference championship game in this conference. That was an outspoken goal this season. Probably rightfully so. Um, I think some of the first-year coach and coaching staff things bit them a little bit. Uh, and stop them from getting there, but that's not going to be an excuse next year. Um, this is a team that needs to needs to step it up and needs to needs to win uh, and win big and win now. And there's not, you know, there's not the future. It's not leading to something. It's it's leading to this. And this season, you know, they're going to have a chance. They're going to go to Oklahoma. They're going to go to TCU. Um, You've got a chance. You got a Louisiana Tech team coming here that you barely beat, you know, a couple years ago. Uh, kind of needed a last second. You did need a last second hail mary uh, to win that game. So you got a chance for them to come in here and to to set a tone. Uh, there's still a fourth game. Um, I am of the understanding that that will likely be an FCS uh, game, but you never know. St- weird stuff happens with scheduling. Uh, all the time, and and who knows what happens there. But you know your eight conference games, and those uh, those need to be wins, and you need to get to the conference championship game, and that probably needs to be a win too. And then you see where your bowl games lie, because you do those things, you're likely that top group of five team that gets a New Year's Six bowl bid, and there you go, and you can do. All of that in this next uh, calendar year, and that needs to be the goal starting right now for what these guys do in the offseason. Uh, it needs to be the goal for January 1st uh, when you have your early enrollees and any of the transfer guys that are able to come in early. Uh, it has to be your goal all spring. It has to be your goal uh, June one when the rest of the transfers will come in and the rest of your signing class will come in. Uh, it has to be your goal in fall camp. And then it has to be your goal, you know, week one through week 13. Uh, game one through game 12. And then hopefully, you know, game 13, your championship, conference championship game. And then game 14, your bowl game. That's something this team needs to, needs to aspire to do um and that's where where i think people's expectations will be both 
inside, uh, in the fan base, and just kind of from a, a national perspective a little bit as well. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I'm hoping... I'm hoping there's a lot of good things uh, to come. I think you could see some of it. Uh, I think we've seen some of it with this latest portal opening, uh, and I think we'll continue to see that. Uh, so I think it's fair to be disappointed in the bowl game outcome. I think you've got to like the fight. I think you've got to like some things you saw. And I think you've got to hope that that also lit, the, lit a nice little fire under some of those guys that are coming back. And we'll see, you know, those are questions that we'll be asking for the next eight, nine months uh, until they kick it off in 2023. So we'll see what happens. There will be a lot to talk about uh, between now and then. But until next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.